So today's guest is a very special friend of mine. I met Jennifer many years ago down in the south of France at a cassoulet making weekend, I guess you would call it. It was called Camp Cassoulet. Yes. And we were neighbors on a boat, the barge that was in the Canal du Midi. And I'd never met you before. And it was in the weekend making cassoulet together. So welcome. Thank you. Nice to see you here in Paris where you live as well. Yes, nice to see you again. <laughs> So, Jennifer, you now live in Paris. You lived in the south of France, and then you lived in Normandy. Yes. And now you're here in Paris. Yes. So we moved uh, almost 20 years ago now and lived in a small, tiny winemaking village in the Languedoc-Roussillon in the south, and then moved to Normandy about 10, 11 years ago, and we've been in Paris for about nine years now. Okay. Now they say that Normandy, a lot of French people don't agree on a lot of things, uh -huh. but probably everybody agrees that the cheeses from Normandy are considered the best. They're incredible. The dairy generally, the butter, the mm -hmm. cream, it's all amazing. And you go to the grocery stores there and there are, are enormous aisles of just cream and mm -hmm. yogurt and cheese. Yeah. It's pretty fascinating. Like I went to Isigny where, mm, they, yes. where I, we have a cheese from there, which is Famous, and they said, "Well, it's the cows—they produce yes. a certain milk, and the cows are really beautiful." Yes, the Normandy cow. Yes, and I remember when I moved to France and I met Walmart. We were looking. The post office had stamps. They used to do stamps of <laughs> things about aspects of French life, and it had all the different cows, races of cows, and romantic. He said, "Which is your favorite?" <laughs> and I was like, "I never had anybody ask who my favorite race of cow was." <laughs> Yeah, that is, that is very French, actually. <laughs> so you came to Paris, you started doing tours, yep. and you decided to focus on cheese, or did cheese decide to focus on you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I started a blog about, I think it's 18 years ago now, and that's actually how I know you, uh, that and Camp Castellet. We all started blogs. Yeah, a long time ago. But it was a great world back then. There was no social <laughs> media, so it was much smaller, and yeah. it was... And we were all like more friend. friendly. Yeah, yeah, we were all friends. We all were like, you know, sure, I'll link to yes, you. Yes, yeah. yeah. It wasn't the competition like it is now. And I started a project uh, about 14 years ago to try to taste every cheese made in France. Mm. I was standing in a covered market in front of a nice little fromagerie, in front of a little case, looking at, there must have been 70 or 80 cheeses there. And 70 I, or 80? 80. Okay. 70 to 80 Okay, cheeses. 70. <laughs> Seven zero. Okay. 70 to 80. And Which is not that unusual no. for a, like a cheese shop. No, not at all. And I just realized that I didn't really know what I was looking at. I understood... I mean, I saw Brie, which I knew. I saw mm -hmm. the Emmental or Swiss cheese. But everything else was just this kind of mystery. And I thought, oh... It would be fun to try to taste them all, just like maybe learning about wine. Uh -huh. So I didn't think it would grow into this crazy project that it has become because the numbers that I thought at the time as far as production numbers were, well, they're much larger than I had read. Well, there aren't <laughs> so. really any – also, there aren't any – there's a lot, as you know, there's a, there's a lot of people. They can probably tell how many camemberts are made, yes. how, many, how much Conte yeah. is made. But you go to a little village and someone's yep. making cheese. Yes, exactly. And you put a picture online. Yeah. You were like, what's that what called? That? It's like, there's, they call it, you know, <laughs> yes. Cotin de Chev. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the dairy farmers say there are somewhere between 16 to 1800 cheeses. Okay. And many of them are made very regionally. I was in Provence last uh, May, walked into a little fromagerie and spotted about a dozen goat cheeses I had never seen before. Mm -hmm. So bought them all. <laughs> tasted okay. them all. <laughs> you bought a dozen, okay. 
But no, I mean, was just looking up at numbers again this morning. And oh, according to um, the Center for the Dairy Products in France, they say there's around 1,200, according to a magazine called Profession Fromager. They've gone through and they have identified around 1,800 just okay. raw milk cheeses only. Oh, okay. So that they didn't count any... They pasteurized like or... laughing cow. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so just I. So the numbers are a bit all over the place, but um, yeah. And cheeses disappear. Cheeses are created. I there was a new one created this last May that I tasted, and then one of my favorite cheeses that was made by one couple down in the Corbiere Mountains down in the south. Mm-hmm. They retired and nobody bought their sheep farm. Oh, so the okay. three cheeses they made are now gone. Okay, so it's. 1,800 minus three. Right. So you keep a scoreboard. <laughs> That's why they say between uh, 16 lot, to 18. So there's a lot of mythology around cheese. There's a lot of mm, customs yes. around cheese. Yes. America, we have a different, I would say, relationship to cheese. Roman was yes. very surprised when I said, well, people in America eat cheese before a meal. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, here it's very much considered part of the meal, but a separate course mm-hmm. between the main and dessert. So. Okay. There's been a belief that cheese, if it's a good, well-made, unpasteurized cheese, has natural enzymes and things in it that help you digest your food. And they have done studies and proven that that is correct. Okay. So it's actually good for you. Okay. I have actually an etiquette question that I'm going to talk to you because it just came to mind. So sometimes, you know, when I have guests over, I make, you know, I put the cheese on a board or a plate. Right. I put it aside. And recently I had it on the table because now I have a big dining room table where you've had dinner. Yes. And there was an American who came by, and I love Americans. I'm, I'm, <laughs> you and I are American as well, yes. French-American. And someone, someone took a knife and started eating the cheese before dinner. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I didn't know, okay, should I have said, <laughs> don't touch that, or just said, do you need some bread? Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that's tricky. Someone told me a similar story just the other day um, okay. that she brought this really nice cheese and it was an Australian woman, but who's lived here for a long time. And she put the cheese out with the kind of the starters. Oh, no. Yeah, okay, I yeah. know. <laughs> well, but people do eat cheese as a starter. Sometimes it's sometimes. depending on what it is, yeah. where they are. It's more, if you're having a sit down dinner, they generally wouldn't serve any cheese at the beginning. It's quite heavy. And mm-hmm. you're now seeing these more often, uh, kind of an aperitif dinatoire or an aperitif dinatoire where right. people like are doing... Right, aperitif hour. Yeah, or, more but cocktail party yeah. where you're just nibbling on lots of yeah. things. So you'll see more of a cheese board or a cheese and meat mm-hmm. mixed together. Oof. But that's... I know, it's very Italian to do that. Okay. It's not French to do that. I, well, sometimes you go to wine bars and you can well, get yes, like a yes, cheese board yes, mix. Yeah. So speaking of that, yeah. um, there was recently... A little <laughs> kerfuffle, I should say, on the internet, because a lot of people were doing cheese boards. Uh, and especially in charcuterie boards. Charcuterie boards <laughs> and cheese boards. And they were loading them up with jelly, yeah. gummy bears, yeah. chocolates, truffles, and yeah. so forth, and cheese and charcuterie. Yeah. Yeah. And you and a few other people were kind of, you're very polite, because, you know, it's not nice to say to someone, oh, that's weird. Um, but it is, it's not French. No. no. What, so how do French people eat cheese? Oh, and see that all those bells and whistles is not common here. It's pretty much cheese is the star of the show. It's a board mm. with cheese, you uh-huh. have bread, and you have something to drink, usually wine. wine or cider or something. And maybe there'll be a honey or a jam or fresh figs or fresh grapes when they're in season. But that's it. It's yeah. not chocolate covered peppermint 
and all these crazy <laughs> Do you know, I've never been served cheese in France at someone's home with an accompaniment like yeah. jam or anything. Right. Or nuts or right. anything. I know. It's um, just cheese. Yeah. Yeah. It's just cheese. So speaking of cheese etiquette, yes. um, a couple of questions. Well, maybe we can do like a mini speed round. Okay. But also if people have any comments about whether I should have told this lovely guest who came over and sort of attacked the oh, cheese yeah. board well before. And it's hard to resist. Yes or no, you can leave a comment on the blog post or my newsletter post rather about this. And my newsletter is at davidlebovitz.substack.com. And I'm going to list all the cheeses that Jennifer talks about, put links up to Jennifer's website where you can order, well, where you can sign up. I was going to order. <laughs> you can, you can order or sign up for a tour with Jennifer if you come to Paris to taste cheese. So how should people take cheese? Let's say some, I'm a, you know, Joe Smith. And you're Jane Smith, my wife. Okay, we're pretending. Okay. We invite to someone's house. We're in France and someone brings a cheese board out. Right. What do you do? It's got three to five cheeses. Three to five cheeses. Okay. So you would, I would, hopefully the host or hostess would point you to where to start because cheese should be eaten in an order of mildest to strongest. Okay. So usually on a board, if it's a round circle. Like sushi. Like sushi, yeah. like wine tasting, you wouldn't go in straight and have a big heavy red and then try to go backwards and drink white because mm-hmm. your palate will be completely compromised. Okay. You'll taste <laughs> nothing. So if they have the board and you're not sure what you're looking at, I would ask what's the mildest. And then if you were, the again, the host, you would try to point them what's the mildest to the strongest. Now, blue will be the strongest mm-hmm. for the most part. When I put a board out, I usually put blue on a separate plate or board with its own knife, especially with its own knife. Because mm-hmm. if you dip a knife into Roquefort, which is really crumbly, and then take that knife and try to cut a really nice piece of Conte or uh-huh. a little fresh goat cheese, the blue will get all over and it will compromise the flavor. Okay. Yeah. So um, try to go from strongest, or excuse me, mildest to strongest. And for slicing or cutting, if it's round, it should be like a pie, cut little mm-hmm. wedges, like a pie or a cake. So if you're presented with like a camembert, yes. which is round. Right. You would start at the center and cut a little wedge outward. Okay. So Why have, is that? Cheese ages from the outside in. Mm-hmm. So along the rind might be a little bit different texture than in the very center. Rinds, unless they're covered in wax or cloth or paper or leaves are edible and mm-hmm. there is flavor there. But even so, the leaf ones are edible? Well, the leaf is not edible. No, well, you can try. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you want to make sure everyone is getting some of the inside, which mm-hmm. is called the paste or pat in French, and the croute, the rind, because okay. they have different flavors. So okay, well, Peggy Smith, who started Cowgirl Creamery, yes. she said whenever you get Comte cheese, for example, which is a big mountain cheese yeah. and it comes in the wheels that are the size of like a truck yeah. tire. Yeah, yeah. She said, try to get the middle piece oh, because yeah. that's like the core, the heart of yeah. the cheese. Yeah, it's true. There are different flavors depending on if it's the very center or mm-hmm. closer to the rind. Near the rind can be a little stronger. Mm-hmm. And on little goat cheeses, you sometimes get a beautiful little creaminess just mm-hmm. under the rind. And then the center will still be a little chalky. Okay. So you do want to give everyone the opportunity to have all of those textures and the different flavors. Now, uh, I was very surprised when I went to Conte where they make the cheese. Oh, yes. And everybody there eats young cheese, like yes. eight months old, maybe a year old. Whereas as an American, I was always like, oh, I want really aged cheese. Yeah. I want a lot of flavor. Yeah. And then I learned to appreciate the milk 
Yes. Like, it's like, oh, because that's what the producer said, where you can taste the milk the of milk. younger cheeses. Yeah. The younger ones tend to be much more milky, fruity, mm-hmm. kind of floral yeah. in a way. So and age isn't really, now that I'm old, now that I'm like <laughs> turning 64 next month, <laughs> next week. Next week. Yeah. Now that I'm getting older. It's, no, but it's true. Like younger, you know, younger people aren't always better, but younger cheeses can be better. <laughs> Is that something you might you would agree with? I would agree with. I think everyone kind of enjoys what they like. So you, luckily, with the cheese like Conte, which is offered in many many ages, mm-hmm. you can choose what you prefer. And okay. also the texture with Conte, which is used in cooking because it melts so beautifully. Mm-hmm. A younger one, so it tastes so good. The younger ones are better; they melt more easily. Okay. Yeah, those Alpine style cheeses and the harder cheeses, once they age for it. A year plus, you start to get little crystals mm-hmm. developing. Uh, mostly, those are called tyrosine crystals. And once okay. you get that development, it's not salt. People often it's think salt. it's salt. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, it's protein, isn't it? Yeah, it's from the milk proteins, the okay. casein. After about a year in hard pressed cheeses, those it starts to convert to this casein. I, love those. I do too. I call them cheese pop rocks. I love oh. them. <laughs> <laughs> well, Conte used to have bubbles in it, like holes. Yeah, no, anymore. That's considered a flaw. They don't want bubbles. Okay. Uh, but once you get the tyrosine development, the cheese doesn't melt the same way. Mm-hmm. If you've ever tried to melt an old Parmigiano-Reggiano, it kind of mm-hmm. breaks once yeah. it heats up. That's what it would well, do. With acid, too, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. It's much more acidic. So younger ones are better to work with. So before we go through this, yes. we're going to do the cheeses in 30 seconds. Okay. I want to just quickly ask you about red versus white wine. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> what do you have to say about that? And I will say something. It's so I want funny the last word. On it. No, years, I'm just kidding you. Just years ago, you. I was reading your blog and you had a very strong opinion about that. And I got kind of feisty in my oh. head. And I was like, he's wrong. <laughs> Why didn't you leave a nasty comment like everybody else? No. Yeah. Um, no, I have learned definitely, uh, I think, White wine is much easier with cheese, for the most part. So do you owe me an apology? I do. (laughs) I didn't say it out loud, though, until now. (laughs) You've heard it here, Fred. No, because we lived in a region that made really big reds. And Mm -hmm. so that's what we just kind of had all the time. And now that moving to Normandy and having access to all the ciders and the different fruit drinks Mm -hmm. and visiting other areas where they're making lighter reds. But... Mm -hmm. Or lighter whites, um, or rich round yeah. whites, and appreciating lighter reds. Well, uh, generally in France, the rule is, you know, when they grow together, they go together. Yeah. So, like, drink the wine from the region. If yes. you're eating mountain cheese for the Comte, yeah. you would have, like, wine from the Jura, exactly. which is nutty. Yeah. White is, tends to be the norm. Yes, yes. Uh, the only part of that that doesn't always work is down, say, in the Rhone Valley, mm-hmm. where they're growing a lot of red grapes, making Sierra, right? big, stronger Fruity. reds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of the fresh, delicate goat cheeses mm-hmm. will be overwhelmed okay. by that. So, but it does work in the Loire Valley with goat cheeses and the beautiful, really crisp, acidic okay. whites there. It does I, work a lot. Because okay. I would say nine times out of 10 in Paris, when we're having dinner at someone's house, they'd open a bottle yes. of Bordeaux with cheese. Yes. Yes. And I'm like, do you have any white wine? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, that's one of my, I don't think Bordeaux goes well with cheeses. Just with the tannins in Bordeaux and cheese is yeah. salty. And same with chocolate. It's yes. like the tannins cancel yeah. out the yeah. like port. Yeah. I often say that, it, and this is the progression of the meal. Often you've already gotten to red by the time you've had your main course. Mm-hmm. And then it's hard to go backwards and open up white. So there yeah. is the option to open up something sparkling. Which, yeah. Yeah, oh. <laughs> well, I, I, well you, you know, people do that sometimes, but usually when it's time for dessert, 
I want something that's sweet. I, sweet. Well, I was um, thinking with the cheese. Yeah. With the well, cheese. Oh, we, well, Sauterne okay. with Roquefort is oh really God, good. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sauterne with a poisse is really good as well. I love Sauterne. Yeah, Nobody yeah. buys it. Yeah. It's the great bargain in France. Yeah, it's really... Yeah, it's good. So we have five cheeses here. <laughs> and I asked you to bring several different types of cheeses. Yes. So if you could just run through these quickly, and then we'll go back and okay. we'll talk about each one a little bit more in depth. Okay. So we have representing... The goat cheese family. We have something called multi sur feuille. So it's a little goat cheese on a feuille, which is leaf. Uh-huh. It's on a chestnut leaf. Then we have a washed rind cheese that is brand new to me. So this will be number 460 something that I've okay. tasted so <laughs> 1, far. So it's <laughs> not a lot left, uh, but it is called. I've lost its name, so... Um, okay, well, we can get back. Yeah. We'll put it in the post. Yes. But it's a round... It's a round it's got a washed hole in the middle. cheese washed in Gewürztraminer wine from okay. Alsace. We have the bloomy rind represented by a Camembert de Normandie. We have a hard-pressed cheese represented by Beaufort Chalet d'Alpage, mm-hmm. which is a lot like Comté, but different. And then we have the Saint Nectaire. So this is a pressed, uncooked washed but natural rind covered in this beautiful kind of layer of When you say pressed, does that mean the cheese (laughs) is molded and then pressed in the mold? No, it's the after the curds and whey have been separated, the Mm -hmm. curds are, well, it can be pressed in the mold too, but the curds are pressed on to expel whey, the liquid. The harder the cheese, the less liquid in the heart, in the pat, the longer the shelf life. So something like camembert, they're not pressing on. They're keeping the curds very uh, loose. Yeah. It's loose. just on the shelf. Yeah, like really gelatinous. They're full of whey. They handle them very, very gently. Mm-hmm. And that means that camembert is only good for about six weeks. And it's so good. It's so good. And if you come to France, <laughs> camembert so is not the same. It's, you know, there's lots. Oh. And I was looking at the camembert because I, I bought the camembert yesterday and I was looking at it and I made a little foot, a little fault. Uh oh. Um, Camembert du Normandy, which you called it, is oh, the yeah. official raw milk cheese from Normandy. Yes. And this is a raw milk cheese. It's a, it says Camembert au lait cru yes. from Normandy, from right. issigny saint yep. which is very, a very good dairy. Saint-Mer, yeah. Yeah. It's very good dairy. It's not crummy. But it doesn't say Camembert du Normandy. You're right. It doesn't. So Camembert au lait cru. So lait cru is raw milk. So it is made the same way that Camembert de Normandy is made. But that term... Camembert de Normandy, so from Normandy, is protected by the system of protecting food items in France that mm-hmm. we've had since about 1925. It's called Appellation d'Origine Contrôlée, or AOC. Mm-hmm. So Roquefort, the famous blue cheese, was the first product to ever get a government protection. Mm-hmm. So that means how it's made, where it's made, where it's aged, what breed the milk is coming from, yeah. what breed of sheep. Uh, so since 1926, wine also has gained this protection. So, Someone told me the caves of Roquefort mm. were the second largest tourist attraction in France. Wow, that doesn't surprise me. Okay. Have you been? I've driven by it oh. numerous times. <laughs> <laughs> I've never stopped because we were always in the car with like a cat and dogs. <laughs> so, okay. Well, I was with my friend who works with Conte trip. and we were in that region. We yeah. drove by a cheese factory that makes industrial cheese and uh, yeah. I had tours. It's very famous, and I don't want to mention the name. Okay. But a friend of my, my friend said, if you go in there and see how they make that cheese, you will never eat it. 
And I said, well, I wouldn't be. <laughs> because of the mold? or just No, uh, I think what they do is they just buy any cheese that doesn't work oh. from the nearby cheese makers. Oh, right. They just send them all to this place. They melt them and oh. they mix them. Well, it's not, you know, yeah. you make fondue at home. But yeah, yeah, true. He for said sure, it true. wasn't. You know, he said, What's, we're not stopping. <laughs> so this camembert also is very interesting because inside it tells you how to eat it at different stages of yes. ripeness. Yes. So when you go to a shop in France, yes, people are often, they don't know what you, especially tourists or I, I like to say visitors because visitors, tourists yes, sounds visitors, bad, yeah. but I like being, I like, my dream is to play tourist every day in Paris. <laughs> like go on, go to, I, I want to go to stores and pastry shops with, yes. with you and sit around, drink hot chocolate yes. and dip our croissants yes. in it. Yes. Take pictures and put them on Instagram. <laughs> I know. But people really want to help you get the right cheese. Yes. Yes. Um, the they are professionals at the cheese shops. Mm-hmm. When you're buying something like a camembert or brie, they will often ask you, when are you eating this cheese? Okay, is it I'm for today? one now. Yes. People hear a noise. Uh, I can smell it already. <laughs> uh, they'll say, are you eating it today? Is it for this weekend? Because if it is for today, and the brie that you have your heart set on is still a bit underripe, mm-hmm. and they can tell by looking mm-hmm. at it, they can tell by the texture, by the softness, Mm, yeah, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. And that's not a camembert de Normandy, no. even though it's a camembert, yeah. raw milk camembert. I'm yeah. going to ask them about that, actually, because I know them. The, okay. Well, it's not. They might be collecting milk from outside of the geographical um, area where you're, okay. you have to have the cows grazing. That okay. could just be, it could be as simple as that. Know. Yeah. Because really, the real camembert is only made in a couple parts of Normandy over in the Pays Doge mm-hmm. and then the Cotentin Peninsula, which is okay. actually Isigny is at the base of the Cotentin. Okay. So and it just... Cheap. In France. Yeah, like, I know. They're for four years. Yeah, I know. And people know. think that's it. And yeah. Okay, last question before, okay, last, yeah. <laughs> last point of discussion before we start the cheeses. A lot of Americans were like, why don't we get these good cheese? Like, why yes. can't we get good yes. cheese in America? I'm like, well, you can. You know, if you go to the supermarket in America, you can get decent cheddar. Yeah. And there's crappy cheese yes, too. And the course. same in France. Of there's, course. There's bad cheese. Yes. They have. Um, they have cheese slices yes. for hamburgers yeah. in France. Yeah. yeah. There's <laughs> industrial big dairy here just as there is in the yeah. u.s but there is incredible cheese as well yeah. and mm. when you go to the supermarkets in the regions you get, oh, yeah, yeah, they yeah, have yeah. these yeah. amazing arrays yeah. of the locally okay so let's go ahead and take which should we taste first oh we should taste the goat first okay i'm going to let you slice it okay so this this round cheese it has a very interesting pattern yes so it's really like most people call that brain like those wrinkles and okay. folds. It's from a bacteria called a geotrichum candidum. Okay. So <laughs> when you talk about cheese, there's a lot of discussion about molds, bacteria, mm-hmm. microbes, good, bad. Right. Do you like a little? Do you want to try that? Yeah. Um, so you are dealing with people mm. who have to know what's good and what's bad. And sometimes even with goat cheese, like there's a couple little spots mm. of blue mold growing on this, and that is mm. blue mold that's used to make mm. blue cheese. Mm. Yeah, I love goat cheese. I do too. And this I is like too. this is actually my favorite goat cheese in France. Is it the multi? Mm. Uh-huh. Seriously? Well, because there's two women. Okay, cheese alert. Mm. If you're in Paris at the mm. Pop and Court Market and Richard oh. and Wow oh, on Tuesday and Friday, there's these two women that have the most amazing selection of cheeses, mm. and everything is like 25 percent less than it should be, so they have oh, the longest gosh. line. But they always have this. Uh-huh. It's really good. 
And they have really good it's scrum really track. dense and kind of fudgy. Yeah, and, yeah mm. it is fudgy. Yeah, it um, is super And I always sticky. like goat cheese. Like, it, I always want it. Yeah. And when you do a cheese plate, don't you... I usually put like a goat cheese, a mountain yes. cheese, and a soft cheese. Yes, yes. I try I try to get one from every animal, co- mm-hmm. or cow, sheep, oh, and goat. Okay. And horse, just horse <laughs> cheese. There is. There's yeah. water buffalo. There's camel. But in uh-huh. France, it's mainly goat, sheep, and cow. So. Okay. Mm. Um, and then different textures. And uh, yeah, it's super dense and lovely. Yeah. Mm. It's really it's, delicious. Yeah. And what's the next one? Um, I, so I think we'll have... That's so good. Yeah, I know. I actually like serving like one cheese sometimes afternoon yes. at this one good cheese. Yeah, I agree. Okay. And this is, you know, Oof. normally we wouldn't have That's an so even number on a board. We would have an odd number, which is When I used to do to- lead tours, people it's would terrible. say to me when we were out and about like at a cheese shop, they're like, why do you live in France? And I was like, look around. Look around <laughs> Yeah, We're in the middle of a market, a cheese <laughs> shop, and everyone's buying cheese and yeah. Would you like to try this one? I would. Okay. Now, this is not my favorite cheese. Yes. This is a Saint Nectaire. Yes. And it's... <laughs> Is, isn't it ripened with rye on rye branches? Rye straw mats, traditionally, yes. Okay. Also, it's from the Auvergne, which is a region very sparsely populated, mm-hmm. but it's extinct volcanic soil. So the mm-hmm. pasture land is very, the soil is very okay. rich. Now, there's two different kinds of saint nectaire. Yes, there, are, there is industrial pasteurized, and then there's uh-huh. dairy farmer, farmer, I should say, fermier, which is what this one is. And it's unpasteurized. So Okay, this is a really good one. Yeah. And there's, okay. It's one of France's most popular cheeses, but it really? is something you buy at the supermarket mm-hmm. as a pasteurized, more mm-hmm. industrial cheese, which I am not a fan of. It tends to be too bitter. Mm-hmm. And the good farmer version has a nice kind of fruity mm-hmm. nuttiness on the rind. Mm-hmm. It's quite, I always think of soil. Okay, we can have we can do a whole episode on soil. We'll do part two. Okay. But to me, it's a little like Morbier. It's a little mm. rubbery. Yeah, it is. It's kind of bouncy. Okay. And so um, it's pressed, but not as pressed as a hard cheese, okay. like a Conte. Okay. So it's pressed a little less. So there's still some some curd So in there. when you have a podcast in yeah. eight years, I'm going to come on. Okay. Like the red one. <laughs> I was wrong. And everybody, you can quote me on that. Actually, don't mind when people tell me I was wrong. <laughs> no, it's a great cheese. This one I do often serve with red wine, though, like okay. a light yeah. red. I can see because it's a little musty. Yeah, it's super earthy. It's got a lot going on. Also, milk breeds have different characteristics in their mm-hmm. milk. And this one is made with the milk of the Salers breed of cow. Is that one of your favorite? Like it is Roman one of my favorite cows. cows. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just toss it between Normandy and Salers. Yeah. The Normandy cows are really <laughs> They're pretty, really great, yeah. yeah. Okay, so that was the Saint Nectaire. Yes. And you, did you eat the rind on yours? I eat the rind on this. I okay, think there's a I, lot of flavor there. And I always eat rinds of cheese. Yeah. It's very different. Uh, yeah, Parmesan is, it's so hard. It's so yeah. dense. It's, for me, there's, eating it just did without the rind, it changes. I wouldn't eat the, did you just eat the rind on its own? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 water. <laughs> I was no. going to have. I, I didn't open say, any wine. Combine the, like the inside, inside center and the rind really changes things. So. Yeah. But I can, eating it, you don't want to eat the cheese rind. This one on its own is very earthy, yeah. very like cellar-like, okay. like soil for me. But together they're great. I'm taking a bite now, so don't ask me a question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I also noticed you did something, and I'm going to call you out on this. Oh. When there's a triangle of cheese, <laughs> yep. 
Yeah, there's this little etiquette, my yeah, etiquette about slicing wedges, like a, a pie-shaped wedge, like from a brie or the saint nectaire. Yeah. If you get like a wedge of saint yeah. nectaire or a wedge of brie. Yeah. The best thing, if you can, is to follow the form of the cheese. So from the center out to the rind. Now, we don't have a camera on us. So no. I just did a little. I know. I'm taking a picture. <laughs> no, we're well, no, but you can do like these back and forth mm. chevrons. Well, I was and told it was, do... it was considered arrogant to take the nose the of center, the center, yes, which is what I did. <laughs> well, I used to like, I love teasing. <laughs> giving it to you. <laughs> Roman's mother was very French. And yeah. She was lovely. But I used to, as a joke, because she was also very anxious like I am. We both uh-huh. had the same sort of anxiety. And I would hover my <laughs> knife over the nose a little bit. And I could see her kind don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> the poor thing. I'm sure we've all done it. My husband still yeah. does it. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. I almost have to yeah. call him out. <laughs> yeah. I embrace my Americans. I don't, I don't mind being called American, but even though we're both, both. Yes. So what's the next cheese? I, you can think, I feel like the camber is going to be kind of stinky and strong. So I think let's go to our little Beaufort here, which is such okay. a gorgeous cheese. This is. I love Beaufort. Yeah. And a lot of people know a Gruyere, which is in the Gruyere family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is French Gruyere, but Gruyere is more of a Swiss cheese. And then Conte is the other one that is um, known around the world because it is shipped all over the place. But there is a store in Paris, mm-hmm. the cooperative for Beaufort. For Beaufort. Yeah, there's a, there's a Conte store as well. There is? There's a Jura product store just down the street from me. What? I know. I, so what? I know. Yeah, he's great. He's on, well, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, you no, should go in there because he's got all mm. the Vangeon okay. and all the... All right. Just stop talking. Okay. No, I mean, <laughs> no, not to be rude. This is so good. I know. Okay. Because... Oh, no, God. it's... I, I know. They let me taste in the shop and I kind of swooned. I said, okay, I'm buying that. And right, I buy a huge really, chocolate. And what, how old is this? This is summer milk of 2020. Okay, so what is the yeah. they call Beaufort yes. de apostrophe ETA? So there's so this is so good. I know. I'm gonna stop talking. There's Beaufort, and then there's Beaufort Dete, which is summer Beaufort, and then there's this one, Beaufort Chalet d'Alpage. So Alpine Chalet Beaufort, and just to give you an idea of how rare this cheese is. Okay. Um. So just Beaufort, (gasps) all of the production in total was about five thousand tons. Mm. Conte is seventy-two thousand tons. So it's a huge difference, but the Beaufort Chalet Delpage only was 40 tons last year. So only about 10,000 wheels, whereas Conte, they made 1.6 million wheels. So it's very special. It's very special, rare cheese. And it's only made from the milk collected for 100 days of every summer. Okay. At altitude. And the cows eat like different, they have a different diet. Yeah, because they take them over at least 1,500 meters in altitude to Alpine chalets. And it's usually the milk collected from usually the 15th of June to the 15th of October. And they're grazing outside of Alpine chalets. And they have identified in each like square meter over sixty varieties of flowers and herbs that okay. the, that these girls are grazing on. So it's they're living their best life. Yeah, <laughs> and they're all alone. Just women, cows. They don't have to worry about men. Right. men cow splaining. Bullsplaining to them. <laughs> yeah. So if you find Beaufort Chalet d'Alpage when you're in Paris or in France, mm-hmm. I suggest trying it. Buy it. Well, I've been in the mountains where mm-hmm. this is. Well, my friends yeah. have a house there. Oh, in the Savoie? Uh, in no, in the um, Marybelle. 
Okay, is, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Okay, is that the same region? I think it's the South. I'm, the okay, Alpine well, it's region. the Alps. Yeah, it's the Alps. <clears throat> yeah. And the cheeses are so huge, they cut yeah. them with lasers. Yeah. Oh, my um, God. Oh, because, you know, <laughs> they sell a lot of it. But this is, that's really good. And also the cheese, if you look at the form, mm -hmm. like if people probably know what a Parmesan looks like. It's bulging on the sides. The drum. Beaufort is concave. Yeah. They actually wrap <clears throat> bands around the rind as it's aging to create that concave uh -huh. uh, shape. So they can, it was just for practical purposes. And at the end of the summer, when they were bringing these giant wheels down off the mountain, and these wheels weigh about 90 pounds, so... Uh, they mm. could tie them mm. onto the sides of donkeys. So the concave shape meant they could wrap straps around them and just tie them onto the saddles. Okay. Isn't it a delicious cheese? That's the only, this is, so anybody who takes a tour with Jennifer, <laughs> you have to tell Jennifer when you sign up that you want to taste this cheese. Or if, she'll give you the address where to get it. I, if I see it in a fromagerie for one of my cheese tasting things, mm -hmm. I always buy it because it's just, it's incredible. And it's rare. When, when you do your podcast, we'll do a cheese walk. Okay. Mm, when I do my podcast, yeah. am I starting a podcast That's yeah. the second time you <laughs> A cheese pod. That. that would be very interesting. It would be interesting. Yes. Yeah. So what are the... Okay. So we have to... We've, we're stuck on these... I am stuck on this uh, Beaufort. <laughs> May. There's three other cheeses. Two, oh, two others. Yeah. All right. Let's go to our camembert next. So camembert, cow's milk made in Normandy. Uh, the production of this is fairly recent when you think about how old some cheeses are. Like Roquefort, the tradition goes back a couple thousand years. Mm -hmm. This one's from the late 18th century. That was created in Normandy, made in the same style as Brie. And oh yeah, uh, look at that texture. It's funny when because when perfect. you came over and you opened the package, the first thing you did was touch the center. <laughs> yes, I did. And that's what they do in the cheese shops. Yeah. When you order a camembert, they open the top and they touch it and yeah. so forth. That one of the first things you learn as a fromager is to tell how old the camembert is because it's wrapped up mm -hmm. and you don't generally they you sometimes can find a half a piece for sale, but usually you buy the whole thing. And just by mm -hmm. touch, you should be able to tell if it's ripe or not in smell because when i opened the box you went oh, i saw you you went oh <laughs> and it's funny when, of when, I, when i used to do tours people you would ask me like what the what these you know we didn't mm. taste cheeses per se okay because we didn't have you know it wasn't a cheese tour right. per se right we might get some cheeses it's hard to taste a camembert at a cheese shop because you have to buy the whole thing yeah. they don't give you a slice right but i remember describing the taste to somebody in the smell. And I said, well, it's kind of like when you've gone running and then you take off your, <laughs> you know, your, and you take a sniff and it's like, they were like, ew. I was like, yeah. no, but it's really good. It's like, you <laughs> like the smell. No one else does. Um, but it's true. Like it's, smelling this cheese. Yeah. It's very musky and earthy. And there's no way to, it's vegetal, mushroom. It's like and mushrooms. Yeah. And sometimes, uh, well, they have a wonderful <gasps> expression, sous-bois. It's mm. like walking through a forest Humble. on the wet leaves after it's rained. It's like this mm. musty, mm. vegetal. Mm. It's all over me. <laughs> okay, I'm like really sorry, but this is really good too. Okay. It's got that little kind of metallic tang on the finish. Oh, it's mm. fantastic. And it is very gooey. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. It's so funny. When we lived in Normandy, <laughs> we delicious. bought camembert all the time. And now... I hardly mm. ever buy it, and I kick myself every time I have it. Well, it's a commitment. It's so good. Because you, you can't really keep it. I was going to say, <laughs> it's the other problem, fridge. yeah. 
when you have a camembert in your fridge and every time someone opens the door of the fridge, it aromas waft yeah. through the entire apartment. Yeah. I once brought a bunch of cheeses to America. Um, I was calling. bringing them for gifts and a bunch of camemberts. And I put them in the overhead bin in the airplane. <laughs> and they were sous vide and <gasps> cryovac. Oh, God. And somehow the sous vide didn't work. And I opened the bin. Oh, and my the God. Whole, and fortunately, we were coming from France. And, but Romaine, now, camembert, when you, when, it's, mm. when you cut it, it's around the size of a large hockey puck. Yeah. Is the best probably thing I could say. Yep. Even though hockey pucks are probably standardized. <laughs> um, Romaine keeps it vertically in the, oh, it's it vertically in the fridge. Oh, interesting. On its side. So he upends it so it looks like Pac-Man. Yeah. Is there, did he tell you why? <laughs> well, to keep it from running. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So. That makes sense. So there. It's a good idea. And you can buy little plastic boxes to yes, put your camembert you in. I don't own one, but. And they have, some of them have a little pie-shaped wedge in there that you can expand you as, the, yeah. as the cheese gets eaten. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's delicious. All right, so oh we're going God. to this wild card. Okay, the name is... <laughs> now, I could see drinking that with red wine. Yeah, something um, like a, a Gamay yeah. or a Pinot Noir or something. Fruity. Fruity, yeah. but lighter yeah. and not big, heavy so But much. cider would be perfect. Cider would be cider is from Normandy, yeah. as you know. And, yeah, ooh, cider would be fabulous. No. <laughs> <laughs> so this cheese is called <laughs> Schnockelach. Schnuckeloch. Is it German or? It's Alsatian. Ah, okay. I'm going to so, look at it. Schnuckeloch. <laughs> which is the term. Schnuckeloch. Yeah. Which okay. is the term for a stagnant part of a river. It's like okay. a marshy part of a river. Okay. Okay. It's made by one guy. <laughs> okay. A, yeah. Okay. And it's washed in wine. It's washed in Gewürztraminer. Okay. And I, my, my German pronunciation is. Terrible, so. Well, Gewürztraminer is a very spicy, not very spicy, very but aromatic. spicy, aromatic. Yeah. It's a very Alsatian, German. But in Northern California, people make Gewürztraminer. Do they? Yeah, Navarro Vineyards. Oh, do they? Okay. Yes. On the nose, oh. it's really nice. It is. It's got a reddish rind, which mm-hmm. tends to make me think the rind is going to be very pungent. That's the washed rind family. Of course, I just took a bite, so let me chew for a second. <laughs> Oh, mm. it's really mm. mild. It is. It's a little chilly because you walked mm. over here. Yeah. Mm, it's um, good, though. It has like a really creamy mm. sweetness almost. They say, they told me it was like mm. a young Munster. You know, it does have that funkiness mm-hmm. and the afterwards of a, not Munster, but just like boulette d'avant. Uh, oh. What's that cheese called? <laughs> You're making a face now. <laughs> it's like the mo- the strongest, oh. most. Boulette d'avant. As the only cheese I've tasted out of the 460 plus that I cannot, I don't like it at all. Okay. Do you like Brie Noir, which is I Brie do that's like, like Brie eight Noir. months old? Okay. It has to be a well-aged Brie Noir because I've had them that weren't done well and they were just too ammoniated. Okay. But then I've had a really good one. I tasted one at the Salon de Fromage last year mm-hmm. with the Donat, Donat, Anyway, she's a cheese producer, a Brie producer, and... I think it was about eight or nine months old. It was delicious. It was like pure hazelnuts and okay. walnuts. It was delicious. But they're like hard. Yeah. It's like a brie cheese that's aged for eight months. Yeah. And it becomes the color of toffee. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Dip, people dip it in people coffee. People dip it in coffee. It's like brie that's gone to the dark side yeah. and then come back. <laughs> I actually can't eat it. I can if, if I dip it, put it in one. coffee. Yeah, I haven't. I've been to brie uh, several times, but. The first few times I had it, I did not like it. 
but then hers was really good. So, so yeah, this was more mild than I thought. The wash-drying cheeses tend to be really aromatic because they're washed in beer and spirits or Mm -hmm. wine. And that attracts strains of bacteria and molds, which turn them orange Uh and kind of bricky red. But that means they tend to be very, very smelly cheeses. But often they're more mild in flavor than they are on the nose. So even if they smell crazy flavor-wise, they can be really creamy and nice. Well, you mentioned the refrigerator. Like if you put a camembert in the refrigerator, you open it and it you open it. Do you store cheese in the refrigerator? I do because um, I think like our apartment gets in the summer especially we get a lot of sun it's hot as it's about 80 some degrees in there during the summertime so that's all well we have a little air conditioner that keeps it oh you have it okay one of those things you pump out the window oh yeah 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 they work to a point yeah (laughs) (laughs) you have to leave the window (laughs) open defeating the purpose of it but out in the country where we had kind of a cool storage area Mm -hmm. i would have kept cheese there okay because a friend of mine she bought an apartment in paris Mm -hmm. And she was going to redo the whole. She went. She did redo the whole place, but we were looking. The old kitchen was there. Did she have a garde manger? Like yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. And Jennifer just mentioned this thing, and it's like a kitchen cabinet, but yeah. the back is like a screen, and yep. it goes to the outside. Yeah. And people used to keep every you know, you keep milk in there, and uh-huh. you know. Yeah, milk, it, dairy. Yeah. yeah. So people often say to me, they're like, "We want to bring cheese back to America," and I was like, "Well, it's fine." They're like, "Well, what do you do on the plane? How do you keep it refrigerated?" I'm like, well. Cheese was designed to conserve milk. Yeah. It doesn't really need to be refrigerated, or is that wrong? Um, It depends on how quickly you're eating it. So, again, going back to that, how much uh, whey is in the curd. Mm -hmm. Hard cheeses like this beautiful Beaufort uh, would last for (laughs) much longer than this little runny camembert because this camembert is ripe. Mm -hmm. This baby is ready to eat. And I wouldn't save this for another week, probably. Okay. I mean, I you could save yeah. it for another it'll week, but it'll start to get funky. Yeah, it'll get ammonia. So it's really, yeah, the ammonia notes, if you get those on a brie or camembert, means it's too old. It's going, it's becoming too old. It's not the aromas that you want from that cheese. Okay. So if you're taking cheese back to the States, especially something like a soft uh, brie or camembert family, you are allowed to do that for personal consumption. And I will send a link that you can include. Okay. That is an article that was written by a woman who writes about cheese with an external link to the FDA for the, those of you in the United States mm-hmm. only. Okay. That says for personal consumption, you can take young raw milk cheeses with you. Do have them sous vide or vacuum sealed, mm-hmm. especially for aroma purposes. Yeah, and most, and many shops have <laughs> Most that. of the cheese yeah. shops have those machines. And try to buy it within as close as travel, mm-hmm. as your travel time. And then I've had people say that they don't put it in their checked luggage because it looks suspicious, especially like a square. Mm-hmm. But you're, it's cold where our yeah. luggage is. So for me, that would be a better environment. I just don't do it in the hot months because yeah. if you're stuck on the tarmac yes, or something. exactly. Yeah. Um, then it would be better to keep it with you and maybe get a little, like go to Picard and get a little insulated yeah. little bag or something. Yeah, insulate like a, a, a thermal bag. Yeah, 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 thermal bag. Oh, I, when I travel, I bring like Ziploc bags yeah. and thermal bags. <laughs> I'm already because I'm not like, I don't want to have to find one. So if someone's coming to Paris, they can sign up for your tour. Yes. And I'll put the link on my newsletter page. But do you have the information online or will it be online? It will be shortly? online soon. Yes. Okay. So I on do. On your website or are you going to build a new? I'm Well, I have a blog still, 
a little neglected at the moment, but um, I will add information on is, that. It's called Shay Lulu. Okay, C H E Z. Yeah, L O U L O U. At blogspot.com. Yes, at blogspot.com. And I'm going to add a new post there with information. Mm-hmm. And then my idea in the next few weeks is to start a newsletter. Uh, yeah. Because uh, I just looks, it's, I'm enjoying reading all of everyone's newsletters. So uh-huh. I just feel like it's fun, new, new media. Yeah. Yeah. What's well, really interesting because you don't have to worry about the technology. That was the thing that yeah. happened with blogging. Yeah. We all started these blogs. There were all these, pla- there were all these platforms yes. and they dried up. Yeah. And like Google took down theirs. Yeah. And it was like, oh, now I have to find a server. Yeah. Now I have to maintain the server. Yes. Now I have to. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. It okay. became technically really a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. For like three months, my website, my blog had got, went down. Oh, and I was up at like two in the morning with the, talking to people yeah. in Cincinnati about <laughs> servers. And people were writing to me, mad, upset that they didn't, you know, they, they're trying to find the recipe for something. Yeah. They couldn't get it. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm on the phone at 2 a.m. with Charles in, you know, Dubuque, Iowa. We're discussing server. So if people come to Paris, yes. like, are there three cheese shops or places they should go? Uh, so I do love, there's a cheese shop called Taka and Vermo. Okay. They are on the Rue Faubourg Saint-Denis, I believe. Okay. I did... I'll right. put these on the yeah. Oh, right. You yeah, did, a I did thing a, about an article for you. Yes, about two years ago for my my ten favorite cheese shops in Paris. Okay, so they are listed there. Okay, uh, I do love a little place in the sixth, close to the Bon Marché, called Chez Alexandra. Okay, so uh, Alex is really really lovely guy. His staff is really sweet, and oof. Well, I noticed you got the cheeses. I did go to Catron. Okay. Yeah. So, so that could be the third one. That could be the third one. I can't list just three, though. There's more. Well, yeah. Oh, I, you know, I often tell people who are coming to visit, because people who we want to go to all these different places. I'm like, no, you're not allowed to do that. You go to the same one every day. Oh, that's day. so true, because then they get to know you. And yeah, they then, see you. Yes. And then they're like, they're your friend, and they're yeah. helping you. Well, and... the first time you're a guest. Yes. You know that expression? Yes. Yeah. First time guest, second yeah. time you're, you're a guest. A customer or something. The third time your family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's great. And they yeah. do. I, from my experience, they do want to help you. It's yeah. their profession. They're yeah. pretty passionate about it. For in most shops. And sometimes, though, I have found that you sometimes have to tell people because they'll say they'll hear your accent, they'll mm-hmm. hear your American accent, even though we speak French. Yeah, they'll be like, "Oh, oh, sure, this cheese." You, you'll, and you're like, no, "No, no, I want something really like off the wall." Yeah. Or you know, you sometimes have to say, and you know, they don't. They're there to help you, yes. not to be at your service, but right. of your service, yes. as people like yes. to say. Yeah, they are, their goal is to get you what you want. And yeah. uh, they will probably suggest things because there is seasonality to cheese. Mm-hmm. As we were talking about earlier, cheeses ripen. So mm-hmm. sometimes, like I was saying with the camembert, if you want this today, it's perfect. But you probably wouldn't mm-hmm. want to hang on to this for too much longer. And most of the shops, not most, but a lot of the shops do hire people who speak some English because mm-hmm. they do get a lot of tourists from other countries and English is kind of the common language. Which is great. Yeah. I hear it a lot now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But don't be afraid to ask questions. Just like yeah. shopping for wine. Don't be afraid to tell them what flavor you like, if you're strong or mild, or mm-hmm. you're interested in trying something really crazy and mm-hmm. funky. 
And cheese is cheap in France. I mean, relatively relative inexpensive. To the US. Yeah, I would say because cheese is sold in by kilo, mm-hmm. which is two point two pounds. And usually, if it's say twenty euros a kilo, if you go visit North America, it would be twenty dollars for a pound, which is half as well, much. If you're lucky. So, well, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't buy French cheese when I visit family because. It's so expensive. Except at Trader Joe's, it's cheap. True, I know. You can get like goat cheese, like a lot of goat cheese. But in North America, there are amazing small cheese producers as well. So there's places to seek out that are making things over in North America. I know. So did you have a favorite out of all of them? Um, I have to say, well, the (laughs) Beaufort was spectacular and the Camembert was delicious. Really good. Usually you can just, I'm looking at what I'm taking third helping (laughs) My camembert has run mm. all over the oh, table. That's why I have a marble table. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all these people that have like fancy dining room tables, like wood. It's like fancy wood. Don't put a glass. I'm like, I'm getting marble. I was like, you can't ruin mm. it. And then Roman cut an orange on it. Oh, I was going to say, unless and something I, acidic. Yes. Citrus um, does stain, <laughs> but I gave him a pass. Oh, he, okay. But okay. He, he's not going to do it again. Let's just put it away. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming oh, over. You. you have an Instagram account too. Yes, I do. It's um, Chez Lulu France. So it's a lot of cheese. It's mm-hmm. primarily cheese. But um, Instagram, I, f- I try to have just have fun with it. Yeah. I don't do a ton of stories or any of that. Mm-hmm. But I love it when people contact me and ask questions. And Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Cheese, cheese questions. Cheese questions. Yeah. Like, I don't love the questions. I'm France? coming to Paris. What should I do? Yeah. <laughs> like, Where should we know. eat? I'm like, okay, well. You <laughs> I don't know. know. <laughs> there's falafel places yeah. and there's three-star Three restaurants. Yeah. And, yeah. Or so, they want to they go to a place that no one's heard of. Like, I know. Everybody's heard of everything. I know. I know. I'm like, where did you read about it? In the New York Times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do they do they live here? So, what is one of your favorite restaurants? Oh. I don't. I never tell people my favorite because I don't want people to think that's the restaurant they yeah. should go to. It's that is such a hard question because I don't eat out a lot. Where should I go for my birthday next week? Oh, How's that? Uh, Everything's uh, close Christmas week. I know it's really yeah. tough. Yeah, our anniversary is next week as well. We never can find anywhere to go. So, I did have a fabulous meal in the Marais the other day with a mutual friend at the. It's like a right there. I've walked by it dozens of times. It's called Bourgogne du Marais. Have you been there? Yeah, I saw them. Yes. And? Um, I thought it was fine. My friends were visiting. Yeah. Actually, my friend who founded founded Calgary Creamery with Peggy Smith, Sue Conley. And she said, well, I I picked out a restaurant. And then she's going, oh, our hotel recommended this place. And I was like, "Uh Uh, oh. Because, you know, (laughs) hotels will often recommend places they think you'll like. Yes, exactly. Um, But it was was very, uh, French you say, correct. It's very correct. It's very classic French. And that's why I wanted to go there because people often are like, where can I get buff bourguignon? Where can I get snails? Where can I I get onion soup? I had a croque monsieur there. Oui. They didn't have croque monsieurs. See, they do if it's on the menu, but it's like under... Children? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> no, I was kind of surprised that they had it. Yeah. Because like, I always, like, if I see that on the menu, I'm having it. But also, they're, they're next to Aubert Vieux de Fred. Yes, they are. Uh, like a block so away. So you go over there and have dessert. <laughs> okay. Had a really good um, tartatin, I think, there. Was it tartatin or chestnut? I had a chestnut soup last time, which was really nice, very wintry. Ah, they yeah. have some herbal liquor on the bar. It's oh. two huge bottles. Oh, yeah. And they're kind of, they look a little chartreuse-like. Yes. And I was asking them, they go, it's an herbal liqueur from the Dutch. And I took a picture and I was going to try to find a bottle yeah. and I never did. But cool. I'm very interested in that. 
Also, um, I really love miso. Miso. Well, that's yes. like a stand. No, a sandwich. well, it's it is, but it's not a place you go on your anniversary. No, of course birthday. not. I'm not talking about you. You asked where? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's no, a little chaotic. Roast. It's complete chaos, but their roasted cauliflower and broccoli is so good. It's just so good. Oh, okay. I would uh, think I could do that at home. I would not try that at home because my oven is a nightmare. But okay. Um, so again, I don't eat out often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and when I do, I tend to go for Indian or Thai yeah. or things like that. And so, I am really excited to try uh, Robert, the New Mexican place. Robert. Is that his name? Oh, Carlos. No. He was the one who uh, did the taco deliveries during our lockdown. Oh, Robert like, um, from Viva. He was the yes. chef at Viva. Oh, he's yeah. at a Mexican Didn't restaurant. Didn't he open one? He went I recently. think you're thinking of Carlos Moreno. Do I? He opened a place on Rue Hauteville. Called Comer. Oh, C-O-M-E-R. that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. I thought it was. It's uh, Carlos. No. It's really good. Oh, it looks I should amazing. Get him on. So I can <laughs> eat Mexican. His food's really good. It looks incredible. Yeah. Okay. Why did I think that was Robert? Anyway. Yeah. So well, I am dying to try that. So that's for me. When you're visiting, you probably want more classic French food, but mm-hmm. I like to have. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh, Restaurant Alliance was wonderful. Oh, okay. It is one Michelin star. I really don't care about that. But their food was just beautiful and elegant. So we're in the fifth. Alliance. In the uh, fifth? Like Alliance. Yeah, in the fifth. Okay. Right. It's right off the sun. Okay. Uh, chef is, I think, Japanese or. Oh, wait, I like so it. There's ca- like a delicacy, yeah. the food and the style. It's really. I used to go to Cafe de la Marie. Yes, yes. And then everyone was like, it was in Emily and I, and I was like, oh, but they didn't mention the name. Okay, I know, so, but people are on that square all the time now and they're. Well, Oh, really? Yeah, because her apartment know... was right there. Oh, it was? Uh, yeah. Oh. Because, like, Vivendi is there, the music company, the big music mm-hmm. entertainment okay. company. Okay. So uh, they all eat there. Yeah. Much. They're very nice restaurants. Yeah. Really nice restaurants. It's a great place. they don't place. take reservations, no. I think. No. No, it's a nice place on the, in the summer. You can sit out on the square there, and it's really... Yeah. I like it. Yeah, great ambiance. Yeah, and they're nice. Yeah. And the wine's, like, the wine's five good. euros a glass. Yeah. They're, like, normal. It's yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. Nice neighborhoody place. Wow. Okay. Well, I look forward to being on your uh, podcast. Okay. Thank you so much for being here, Jennifer. Thank um, you, David. Bringing all these amazing cheeses. Yes. Um, pleasure. It's great to, that you're teaching people about yeah. cheese and you do it in a way that's very approachable. That's not, you know, you understand how Americans eat cheese and our relationship to cheese yes. or their, I always hate to say we or they or whatever because <laughs> no. we don't know where we fall. Um, but all, it's great also to go with you around Paris so people they can go back to those places and they'll remember them. Yeah. They'll remember them. Yes. So yeah. I saw, once in a while, I see you in the Marais on the Rue de Bourgogne, <laughs> Rue de Bretagne, and I'll stop and say hello. Yeah. So I do get in the zone when I do tours. People will say, oh, I saw you. And I'm like, I did not see you because I oh. was in my... <laughs> and when you see me, so I, I always, steer clear. No, you should okay. always stop and say hi. Always. Okay. I'm like, oh. Well, should... And are you kidding? Half the people are always like, oh, do you know David? Do you know David? Oh, and you're like, yes. yeah, he eats way too much cheese. He smells. It smells like camembert. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so thank much you. for being on, um, for coming over and bringing these delicious cheeses. And once pleasure. again, I will put all the names of the cheeses and some addresses and information about how people can get in touch with you about a cheese okay. tour Great. when they come to Paris. And where if they have any suggestions where I should go for my birthday, let me know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and my Substack newsletter is at David Leibovitz, and that's with a V, davidleibovitz.substack.com. And you can reach me there. If you're listening to this podcast, which you probably will say, yes, I'm listening, 
You can subscribe to it at your favorite podcast platform, such as Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much for listening in. Thank you, Jennifer, again for coming, and we'll see you soon. Thank you, David. Merci beaucoup. Je t'en prie. Adios. Adios.